Folks, what's going on? We're back again. 47 Foot Friday, jam-packed episode here for you. Uh, I say jam-packed, might be a little shorter than normal. Um, in all honesty, I just realized that while I was trying to record this earlier, I uh, was talking for about 15, 20 minutes and realized that I was not recording. So aside from that, we're doing great. It's a great day. A uh, lot of stuff going on around the world of sports between Thursday night football, uh, just the NFL standings in general, the college football playoff rankings, uh, you know, some Sabres talk, Derek Jeter, uh, is he going to get in the Hall of Fame, you know, the MLB Hall of Fame ballot in general for this year, um, even, you know, something you guys want to stay tuned for as well, stay tuned for the end of this episode, going to be a little sneak preview, um, you know, a little forecast of what's coming, uh, what's coming in the show. Can't speak today. I'm at a loss for words already. Really excited. Uh, we got cool stuff in the works developing for uh, myself and Ryan Thomas. You know, just train wreck in general. <clears throat> but I think this is going to be uh, a really good show and a really interesting time for train wreck sports. Uh, 47 Foot Friday, the Thomas Takeover show, all that stuff. But we wouldn't be worried. You know, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't be able to do any of this without the support. Of our sponsors, especially Amherst Pizza and Outhouse, which supports my show every week. Um, I was just there last night for Thursday Night Football. There's about 50 TVs that surround the whole place. You know, we had wings come in. Um, during the Sabres game last night, there was half-off or half-price pitchers of more Molson and Coors Light. Uh, half-priced medium pepperoni pizzas. Uh, they had Pink Whitney drink specials going around. You know, free samples, free shots of Pink Whitney. Uh, it was just a great time, and honestly, I couldn't ask for a better place to to go and watch the game. So shout out to Amherst Beats and Alhouse, um, my whole crew over there. If you, anybody does go in the next couple of days to watch some football, some hockey, whatever the case may be, definitely just tell them Trainer X sent you. Tell them this train never stops. They already know that, but they'll definitely take great care of you, and they'll make sure that you know you get taken care of. So please do that. Have fun. Enjoy yourselves there. Uh, it's not hard to do, believe me. <clears throat> first things first, usually as I start most every week, uh, Thursday Night Football recap for the NFL. Last night we had the 6-4 and four Indianapolis Colts going up against the 6-4 and four Houston Texans. Same division, same record, so obviously this game carried a lot with it. Um, ultimately, Houston was able to put back-to-back -back scores together to end the game. Um, you know, I say back to back to end the game because they scored the last three points of the third quarter and the only seven points of the fourth. Um, so obviously they were able to walk away 20 to 17. Um, and for Houston, I think that's a huge win. You look kind of down the road for these two teams in their division. Uh, I think it's more likely Houston goes on to hold and maintain than Indy does, you know, coming from behind. <clears throat> Not to say Indianapolis can't do it. Uh, but just when you have such an elite quarterback like Deshaun Watson out there, uh, you, you know, you feel like you're the favorite every week. And honestly, I would support that. Um, I mean, Deshaun Watson last night went 19 of 30, had about 297, 298 yards, um, two touchdowns, both to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, a rating of 104.6, QBR of 71.3. Um, it's a great game, and honestly, it makes sense kind of why Houston was able to put that together. Um, you look at the rushing attack, you know, the Indianapolis Colts had a decent amount of, you know, rushing success yesterday. 
Uh, Jonathan Williams, 104 yards and a touchdown. Hell, even Brissett put up 20 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, you had both of your touchdowns coming from the rushing attack, which is not bad. I mean, you know, your quarterback, uh, your quarterback accounted for one of them. Your running back accounted for the other. So, ultimately, that's kind of how you would want it, whether it's passing or running from your QB. But good for the Colts rushing attack to get 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 that going. Jesus. Um, then you look kind of look on the other side of the field. You got Houston's rushing attack. Carlos Hyde, you know, nothing really nothing really stood out for me for Houston rushing. It was the passing attack that did it for Houston. Uh, Houston's rushing team, Carlos Hyde led with 67 yards on 16 carries. Um, no touchdowns. Duke Johnson, no touchdowns. Deshaun Watson didn't have any rushing touchdowns. Um, Duke Johnson technically led in average yards per rush at 4.4. Um, realistically, I mean, Hyde and Johnson did their job. You know, if you can get four yards a carry, if you run three times in a row, you're getting a first down. So uh, good for them. Even Deshaun Watson went 3.3 yards per carry on him. So um, you run those three times, you're talking 9.9 yards. You're probably going to get a ref signal just to give you the first down, get you got the 10 yards. So, um, I mean, technically Houston's rushing attack averaged pretty much a first down, uh, a first down rate of rushing. So good for them. But ultimately, it was Houston's passing attack that got it done. Yeah, Deshaun Watson ended up throwing one interception. Um, but the two touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins were huge. Uh, break it down to the receiving attack. You know, like I said, Houston's receiving is what did it, what got it done. Will Fuller, seven catches for a buck 40. Um, you know, his longest of 51 yards. DeAndre Hopkins only had one less catch. Only had 94 yards compared to Will Fuller's 140, but he had two touchdowns. Longest of 35, I believe it was the last touchdown uh, that Houston scored was a 35 just wide open bomb to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, aside from that, you had Darren Fells only had one catch, but it went 24 yards. Um, so those are, you know, those are three pretty mighty passing attacks right there where, you know, even if, even if you're a Darren Fells who only catches one ball, <clears throat> unless you were, you know, down and 25 yards to go that ball is getting you a first down and then some so uh that's one catch that probably you know i was not watching that catch unfortunately um but i would just have to imagine that that darren fells catch still played a pretty big part in keeping the houston offense momentum rolling so um ultimately houston did what they needed to do to walk away at 20 to 17 um they're walking away seven and four with a one game lead over the colts in the division Colts sitting at six and five, um, going into standings, kind of talking on that, you know, on that aspect. So the Colts are, like I said, are sitting at six and five, Houston Texans at seven and four. <clears throat> Houston Texans technically have the fourth best record in the AFC. Um, you know, bills are right in front of them at seven and three. Uh, but because you have the new England Patriots at nine and one up on top, um, pretty much unless they can take them over the best, the bills are going to get is the five seed, which I mean, it's not a bad, not a bad spot to be, I guess, because the last time I saw, uh, that would put the Bills on the road versus I've, you know, I've seen it turn around between um, Indy and Houston, but with Houston leading the division now, um, you know, you'd have to imagine the Patriots and Ravens would get there by. So then you're talking Texans, Chiefs, Bills, Raiders, Colts. You know, some some of those teams are gonna have to fill in the last couple spots. So. I like the odds for the Houston Texans more than I like the odds for the Colts, just personally. 
Um, you look at the Colts away record, two and three versus the Houston Texans away record at three and three. So they have that one extra win. Um, and even coming down to the home, you know, the home stretch, Houston at home is four and one, Indy at home is four and two. So on both sides, you've technically got a half game advantage, um, over the, you know, from Houston to over Indy. So, uh, that record, I feel like Houston's got enough to keep it up and maintain, I feel like the only team I've left out of this, and I just mentioned they might get their, you know, they'll probably get their bye as well, um, is Baltimore Ravens at 8-2. and two. They're 4-1 and one at home, 4-1 and one away, 3-1 and one in the division, and they're 6-2 and two in conference. So, you know, those are records that are going to win you a lot of games. And if you look at the point differential, 341 points scored to buck 96 allowed. Uh, points differential of 145 is pretty insane. Um, only one that even comes close to that is the Patriots. They are positive 179. Um, so realistically, look out for the Ravens and Patriots. Uh, I can see the Patriots falling off a little bit, depending on how long Tom Brady is out. Um, but also just be on the lookout for the Houston Texans. Um, a point, you know, a point differential of plus 16 being seven and four. Uh, they're basically just playing it safe. So uh, flip it over to the other side. The NFC, this one's, you get out of the 9-1 and one and the 8-2 and two teams, and the rest of it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, San Fran at 9-1, and one, Green Bay at 8-2, and two, Saints at 8-2, and two, Seahawks at 8-2, and two, and the Vikings at 8-3. and three. It's five teams right there that are five games or better above 500. That's really great. NFC is showing up this year. Then you've got that fight for the last spot. So... Dallas or Philly is going to take up the NFC East, however you want to call it, spot, seed. Uh, you know, and ultimately, I've said it from the start, whoever wins the division out of the NFC East, the Cowboys or the Eagles, <clears throat> that's the only team that's making the playoffs out of that division in my eyes. Because um, ultimately, you figure San Fran, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle are going to make it. Minnesota is in as the five right now. Uh, I believe Minnesota's in at the five and uh, what is it? Seattle is in at the six. Um, and it, the way it shakes out is tough because ultimately Cowboys have the sixth best record in the NFC. Uh, but ultimately they would get, you know, your four seed by winning the division. So uh, looking down, it looks like it would probably flip down to the Vikings being the five. Um, I don't know who else would fill out the six, but realistically, it's not looking good for the Eagles or the Cowboys, whoever doesn't make, you know, whoever doesn't win their division. So uh, keep an eye out. I really think, you know, the NFC is going to be something to keep an eye out for. It just looks like there's only a couple teams that could make it out of there. Um, I would say the Eagles are probably the worst team that could make it. Uh, below the Eagles, you got the Panthers, Bears, Lions, you know, squads like that. I don't think really have a shot. Unlike the AFC where, you know, even down to, the five and five Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, I think you got a real good shot at any of these teams making it or slipping. So keep an eye out for the NFL standings. I think it's really going to be something to keep an eye out for. Keep an eye out for the Texans to maintain um, a little bit of just quick pick them for NFL week 12. Did I do my math wrong. It is week 12 this week, isn't it? Um, so this is only week 12. I think I said it was week 13 earlier. I'm dumb. I apologize. Week 12. Buccaneers, Falcons, both three and seven. Falcons are only one and three at home. Bucks two and three on the road. Um, I'm going to give this game to the Falcons. 
you don't throw a basically NFL record number of interceptions like Jameis um, and expect to really win games on the road. So uh, keep an eye out for the Falcons. I, I'm picking them to win that game. Bills, Broncos, I will be at this game, and I do believe the Bills will beat the Broncos. Um, Josh Allen was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week last week, and I think he did an insane job you know, actually getting his team to win that game. So um, look for the Bills to go 8-3 and three and keep the hot streak going. Giants-Bears, total crapshoot. I'm going to pick Chicago. Uh, Chicago's betting line is minus 6. I would probably pick the Giants plus six, but I mean, if you're just doing who's going to win the game, give me Chicago at home. AFC, a little bit of a division matchup here. Steelers, Bengals. Steelers are going to win. Bengals have not got a win this year. Um, Ultimately, I'm really not sure the Bengals will get a win this year. Uh, It'd be kind of funny to watch them win or lose their last six games, but I guess we'll find out. Give me the Steelers. Dolphins-Browns, give me the Browns all day at home. Uh, Dolphins are not good. Neither are the Browns, but against the Dolphins at home, I will take Cleveland all day. Panthers-Saints, going to take the Saints at home. Seems like a no-brainer to me. New Orleans betting line is minus 9.5. I just think you watch how Kyle Allen played in his last game. Um, Christian McCaffrey is kind of looking like the Panthers' only offense. Um, But realistically, Michael Thomas is something that's just too hard to beat. Um, and he's, unlike McCaffrey, he's not the only threat in my eyes. So uh, give me the Saints at home over the Panthers for sure. Raiders, Jets. So you got, you know, the black hole on the road this week in MetLife. Uh, give me the Raiders on the road to beat, uh, to beat the Jets to win. Ultimately, I don't, I don't see the Jets being all too competitive in this one. As long as Sam Darnold doesn't see ghosts, maybe they have a shot. Uh, but you know, give me the give me the black and gray on the road all day. One o'clock, Seahawks Eagles. They're in Lincoln Financial in Philly. Looks like it's going to be a little bit of a rainy day. Uh, high of forty nine degrees in Philly on Sunday. I think this is one the Seahawks win. They're eight and two in general, but they're undefeated on the road. They are five and zero oh on the road. I think part of that goes into why Russell Wilson is in such strong contention for the MVP. Uh, Russell Wilson's got 2,700 yards this year, 23 touchdowns. Even Chris Carson's got four scores and 853 yards. So, you know, more power to them. I don't think the Eagles have any sort of receiving core to put up with the Seahawks. So um, the defense has been looking better in Philly. I will give them that uh, with the return of Jalen Mills. But um, ultimately, I, I think the Seahawks offense is just too much to beat. Lions, Redskins in D.C., ultimately a crapshoot. Give me the Lions on the road, I think. Uh, You know, obviously with Matt Stafford's back injury, you know, that's going to be something you have to play into account. But um, the Redskins are just the Redskins, and they are absolutely god-awful. They, you know, look, they got blown out by the Jets, for crying out loud. Um, And I would even say the Lions, as they are now, are better than the Jets, so... Give me the Lions. They're 3-6-1 and one in general. I think the Lions have enough to beat the Redskins for sure. Jaguars, Titans. This one, again, is one I just don't even have any interest in picking. For the sake of throwing it in a betting parlay, I would probably go with the Jaguars. Um, I think ultimately is something that, you know, I think Nick Foles is, as long as Nick Foles can, you know, maintain health, get healthy, 
um, you know, 100% get healthy. I think the Jaguars have a better chance at winning this over the Titans. But, you know, that counts, you know, that comes with Leonard Fournette scoring more than one touchdown. Um, and by that, I mean he only has one touchdown. And DJ Chark has eight, you know, about 800 yards. So Chark's kind of been the go-to, which sucks for anybody that has D.D. Westbrook. But I digress. Cowboys Patriots. I already said this a little bit earlier. I think you got the, uh, I think you got the Cowboys winning this one on the road. Tom Brady's probably going to be out this week with an injury to his elbow. Um, Cowboys offense has just been looking pretty good lately. Dak's putting up MVP like numbers. Um, I think honestly the only thing that beats the Cowboys this week is themselves. Uh, depending on if they try to force the ball to Zeke too much when it's not working. Um, but give me the Cowboys on the road for sure. Packers 49ers, Sunday night football. This was a flex. It was originally supposed to be Eagles, Seahawks on Sunday night football, um, but they moved it to Packers, Niners. I mean, it's 1-2 in the NFC. I don't blame them. Um, honestly, I th- give me Green Bay in this one. I think 49ers, I don't think they're a fake 9-1. I think they're a weak 9-1. Um, I think the Packers ultimately have the better record, the better strength of record. Um, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers putting up 2,700 yards and 17, t- uh, TDs touchdowns. George Kittle is arguably one of the best t- uh, tight ends in the game. You know, you, you look at what, uh, what the heck is his name in Baltimore? Why am I blanking on him? I have him in my fantasy lineup. I will look this up as I'm speaking on the fly, but then you also look at Zach Ertz and realistically, you know, those are three of the best tight ends. You got Mark Andrews. That's it. Uh, Mark Andrews in Baltimore, you got Zach Ertz in Philly, and then you got George Kittle in San Fran. Three best tight ends in football right now, I would say, but give me the Packers to take this one on the road Sunday night. Monday night football, Ravens-Rams. I don't think this is a even a contest. I think Ravens destroy the Rams. Um, Jared Goff is not good. Jared Goff is extremely overrated. I think the Rams are also a week six and four. Uh, Lamar Jackson, it, it, you know what's actually funny about this is for players to watch for this game, Lamar Jackson is listed as the player to watch for rushing. For passing, they have Jared Goff as a player to watch, not even Lamar Jackson. They have Lamar Jackson as the rushing player to watch. 780 rushing yards and 116 carries and six scores. Give me the Ravens all day. 4-1 and one on the road, no-brainer. Uh, four teams on bye week this week are Chiefs, Vikings, Cardinals, and Chargers. So ultimately, folks, take those pickums for what you will. Uh, hopefully, you can use them and get some money. I w- would really hope that for you all. All right, enough of the NFL. Let's move on to some amateur, unpaid athletes, huh? College football. Little bit on the college football rankings of Week 13. The college. So, like I said, I like to compare these kind of back and forth. Um, but they have aligned really well this week. So AP top five or AP top 25 and the college football playoff rankings. Just want to make sure I'm not misspeaking here. Um, but they are exactly the same one through seven. Um, so LSU still leads number one. Ohio state is still your number two. Clemson is still your number three. Georgia is still your number four. Georgia actually moved up in the AP top 25 from last time. Uh, remember how I had said that I believe Georgia and Alabama probably will switch. Um, I was thinking they were going to switch in the CFP rankings, not the AP 25, but I digress. So you got four, one, two, three, four, all matched up. Alabama sitting there at the five, Oregon at the six and Utah at the seven. 
Now, 8, 9, and 10. Well, let's see. 8, 9, 10, and 11, if I'm looking at this right, are the exact four teams, just in different order. Uh, 8 in the college football, you got Penn State versus the AP's Oklahoma. Flip that for the nine seeds. Uh, you know, college football rankings have Oklahoma at the nine. AP has Penn State. And then same for 10 and 11. College football playoff rankings has it Minnesota, then Florida. And AP Top 25 has Florida, then Minnesota. Um, so ultimately, you know, you go one through 10, even one through 11, exact same teams, only a couple flips in the 8, 9, 10, 11. Um, but they've aligned pretty well, and I think it's spot on. Um, like I said, I, I don't know if Georgia necessarily deserves the four. Um, I would be shocked to find we live in a world where Alabama does not at least get a crack at the college football playoff rankings. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that an Alabama LSU semifinal, if you will, whether I believe it would probably be the Sugar Bowl, uh, I think that would make so much more money and maybe not more money than a college football finale, but you're going to tell me that putting Alabama as the four for a first round matchup of LSU Alabama, where the winner is, you know, the winner goes to the college football championship and the loser's out. Tell me that is not textbook storyline college football. Um, and then you got Clemson, Ohio state, which those are battle of two high flying offenses. And I think this is, I've never felt stronger about a college football playoff ranking. My hand is legitimately shaking right now. Uh, I think Alabama flops with Georgia or flips with Georgia and LSU and Alabama are the one four. And I think that gives us an insane semifinal matchup when you got Ohio State Clemson at the two three. Um, I honestly, I could see Clemson losing to Ohio State. I'm not going to lie. Um, but tell me, you know, tell me an Ohio State LSU um, in Ohio State, Clemson, tell me a Clemson-Alabama championship again. I, I think people are getting tired of it. I don't think Alabama makes it. But just the fact that you could start having almost a Warriors-Cavaliers type deal in college football where it's Clemson-Alabama until we die uh, or until a coach leaves or something. So very, you know, I feel very strongly about this week's college football rankings. I think they got it right. Nothing changed one through seven in the college football rankings. Um, Penn State and Oklahoma, you know, jumped up over Minnesota, but Minnesota's still sitting in the top 10. So I'm very, very excited going forward. I think there's a good shot that uh, that we see what I was just talking about in Alabama takes the four back. Um, in terms of those types of teams, uh, they're just moneymakers, folks. I I'm trying to think of any other way to put it, but... Uh, you know, you just have that matchup when it comes down to it, you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to make a lot of people happy by having those matchups. So, um, NHL, let's make this quick. Sabres are being a little, uh, a little tricky on us. Um, you know, they're lost nine of their last 10. I believe I saw, um, uh, it's going to be tough. They're going to need to put some things together. They're going to need to change something drastic. You know you're in trouble when your captain, you know, Jack Eichel is the one throwing the gloves. So, um, the Sabres got to switch something up. I don't want to say trade Eichel. I don't want to say get rid of your coach already. But there's got to be some kind of fight in this team that I'm just not seeing. Uh, quick, like I mentioned, folks, I want to get over to the MLB Hall of Fame ballot. So, just to kind of sum it up, Bobby Abreu, Josh Beckett, 
Heath Bell, Barry Bonds, Eric Chavez, Chavez, Roger Clemens, Adam Dunn, Chon Figgins, Rafael Fricall, Jason Giambi, Todd Helton, Raul Abanez, Derek Jeter, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Paul Canerco, Cliff Lee, Carlos Pena, Brad Petty, Penny, Andy Pettit, J.J. Poots, I always love J.J. Poots, Manny Ramirez, Brian Roberts, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schelling, Gary Sheffield, Alfonso Soriano, Sammy Sosa, Jose Valverde, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, and last but not least, Larry Walker. Holy crap, that was a lot. Folks, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I want to see Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. I don't give a, Ryan, a flying rat's ass about the steroids. Maybe that was why they were so great, but Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are going to be talked about for the rest of time in baseball. Put them in the Hall of Fame. They belong there. Other people I believe will get in. Derek Jeter is obviously going to get in. Andy Pettit, I believe, will obviously get in. I think Gary Sheffield may eventually get in. I don't think he makes it in this year. Um, Cliff Lee is the same way. I think he gets in. Maybe not this year. Uh, Jason Giambi, I could see maybe not getting in. But obviously, you know, give it a couple years, maybe. Um, those are just some kind of big ticket names I see right there. Uh, uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens belong in the hall, folks. That's just it. All right. Last but not least, this is your reward for sticking with me if you listen to these whole 25 and a half minutes. Folks, does baby Joe Macy ring a bell? Uh, he was born November 27th, 1973. He is a retired professional boxer, current politician from Tonawanda, New York, registered member of the Democratic Party, 36-0 professional record. And I met him and had a great conversation with him last night at the Amherst Ale House. He gave me his business card. I have his cell phone number. I got his email. Um, me and him have been in contact. Uh, myself, the owner of Amherst Ale House, and baby Joe Macy are going to be setting up a time to meet. Um, that's where I want to get Ryan Thomas in because obviously he does a lot of train wrecks fight covering, uh, fight coverage. He should be there, folks. Um, kind of looking at this, just a fun fact. Apparently he won a TKO against Keith McKnight in Alumni Arena in Buffalo, New York. Didn't know they hosted a professional fight 17 years ago, but that's pretty cool. Um, so just be on the lookout, folks. Kyle Hughes, 47 foot Kyle, baby Joe Macy, Ryan Thomas. It's going to be something huge, folks. And it's going to be an insane interview that you do not want to miss. All right. Stay tuned. Be on the lookout. Folks, thanks so much for sticking with me this week. Really appreciate you. 27 minutes of hardcore, just nonstop me talking as it is every week. Really do love y'all. Really do appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you hear this, give it a like. Uh, give it a retweet on Twitter. Put it on Facebook. Find it on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can tell I'm getting excited because I'm starting to stutter over my words. Plus, I got a giant cup of Chick-fil-A lemonade here, and I'm getting a little excited. All right, folks, love y'all, appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye.